Welcome to the Geekstrom Podcast, uh, Geekstrom number 10. We made it. Double digits. I'm s- and it's, it's the, the podcast that I basically started so that by this point of the year, uh, I would have a vehicle to talk about Star Wars just in case there wasn't a vehicle to talk about Star Wars. So, joining me on this fantastic voyage are Ethan. Greetings. Is that is that like your your robot voice? Yeah, that's a Star Wars thing, right? Danny, Danny. Uh, and Anthony? Hello. Okay, much better. Thank God. Uh, I thought we were going <laughs> to do just all robot voices all the time, so I'm glad I mean, we, we could do that. Nope, nope. Gotta, it's droids, just to be fair. Ah. we got to say droids. Um, so yeah, today we're going to be talking about Star Wars The Last Jedi. Uh, it's been out for three and a half days at this point. Um, maybe four and a half days. If I'm, I don't remember math right now. Uh, but yeah, half days. We have all seen it. Yeah, it's, it's like four. Yeah. And um, so just right off the bat, what do you guys think? Starting with Anthony. Oh, thank God. <laughs> um, nothing specific. I... Just a kind of a, a bird's eye. Okay. View. Well, I loved it because I'm a fanboy. <laughs> so there's that. I don't know, Ethan. Oh, what did you think? Oh. Uh, real bird's <laughs> eye. View. It's a bird's eye. Yeah. Uh, bird starts with a B, so I'll give it a B. This is that's, so this that's is fair. a sterling start to this podcast. I just want to put. <laughs> what that do you out want there. from me? <laughs> I have, All right. I have, I have, yeah, mixed, mixed emotions. I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit more. Uh, okay. So you guys have both only seen it once, right? Yeah, what do you expect? Come on, man. Okay. Yeah. It's been out only three and a half or four and a half days. Depending on math. I, I was actually I was actually going to see it twice, but something came up and I couldn't make it a second time or a third. Wait, you've already seen so, it twice, Frankie? I've seen it twice. I saw it Thursday wow. night at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then uh, again on Saturday at some point that I don't remember because that was kind of in a, in a fog. <laughs> wow, oh, that's impressive. what the kids are calling it now. Okay. Yes. Fog. <laughs> I was. I took some uppers and then some downers, and then when I was in the middle, I was like, it's time for another Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, you have to take some leapers too with that, yeah. But uh, Some loopers? Yeah. Hey, that's a good that's yeah. a good uh that's Johnson a good lead in to our yeah, our director there, Ryan Johnson. So one of the things that I wanted to start talking about is it's very very clear from the original trilogy that going from Star Wars to Empire Strikes Back was a was a tonal change. Um some okay. people I think refer to Empire as the greatest in the saga overall. Um, if not one of the better movies in cinematic history with its twists and turns, its action, its uh, mysticism and whatnot. But I think one of the things that was really substantial about it is that it continued to build into a world that we had really just only been introduced to the three years prior, um, but expanded. And um, you get into the prequels, you could say the same thing that maybe – it wasn't as successful going from Empire to Jedi. You could say uh, that. But 
you, you could. You could say a lot of things, I guess. You could technically say whatever you want. Like, uh, Ethan's robot voice is probably what's going to win him an Oscar someday. I could say that. Whether or not it's accurate uh, remains to be seen. But, you know, hey, give it time, man. I'm, I'm rooting for you. <laughs> um, prequels, on the other hand, um, it was kind of a singular voice and idea throughout and probably suffered, I think, to, to try and be fair to all parties involved. I would say that the yeah, you could prequel say that. trilogies <laughs> suffered from that. That would be true, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So now we're living in a modern trilogy era. We've just seen the second of three movies going from J.J. Abrams, or Jabrams, I like to call him, uh, to Ryan Johnson, spelled with an I. They spelled Johnson with an I. That's a joke. That's not good. And um, the biggest, the biggest, I think, irritation for fans maybe. Maybe some of the newer fans that were either brought into or reintroduced to Star Wars through The Force Awakens is that a majority of the so-called mystery box items that J.J. Abrams is kind of famous for putting in all of his movies uh, and brought that approach to The Force Awakens and Star Wars in general, a lot of that stuff was kind of either completely ignored, reversed, or basically said, fuck you two by this movie, The Last Jedi, and director Ryan Johnson. So what do you guys think about that concept? Now, do you think that J.J. Abrams had plans to close those those loops? Or do you think he was just well, leaving it out there and hoping someone else would pick it up? So I, th- I think one of the things that we have to keep in mind with current Star Wars is how it is so much more by committee than it ever was before. Um, yeah, it's been Disneyfied. Well, sort of, but it's kind of like it's Kathleen Kennedy is the is the arbiter. She's the end all be all. If she, I mean, there's a reason that uh, Jurassic Park guy Colin Trevor Road or however you say his last name um, got kicked out of Episode Nine, and J.J. Abrams got brought back in. And there's a reason that the two dudes that were doing the Han Solo movie got kicked out. And then they brought in Ron Howard is because they had ideas that were outside of the scope that Kathleen Kennedy and, you know, the brain trust kind of thought was okay. So um, I think especially when it comes to the saga series movies, there has to be there's like definitely a set of rules. And if you break them or try and bend them too much that you're you're out of it. So. J.J. Abrams was done. You know, he wasn't com- he wasn't coming back for nine. He wasn't going to do – he was never going to do eight at all. He just kind of made his stuff, and he was he was done. He was going to be involved in, like, executive producer roles, but as far as, like, crafting the rest of the story was concerned, he was, he was done. So he made all these things, which is kind of his shtick, you know. Like, these are a bunch of MacGuffins that we're going to put in this movie, and the only thing that really matters is that the MacGuffins are cool – and not whether if we ever get a payoff for them. Yeah, so that probably answers the question right there. I don't think he had an idea. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like like you were saying, this is kind of like under Disney's like radar. They know what they're doing. I don't think they would, you know, risk like the biggest selling franchise in history just to like 
they wouldn't really give it that much creative freedom to begin with. So I, I don't think, I don't think they would just like let people take over the role of director or whatever without having like a solid plan to go on, like a framework. Well, yeah, like they're not gonna they're not gonna risk that, especially like like episode seven was too safe, and then they were like, okay, well we we can't really do that, so they moved on to episode eight without you know going crazy, but. Like they they know what they're doing, and yeah. they definitely yeah they're they're not gonna take the chance of you know giving different people creative control and having conflicting viewpoints and all of that. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah, not with Star Wars, not even like Marvel, Marvel, nothing like that either. Mm-hmm. Like they know what they're 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 good. There's someone <laughs> behind the curtain. They're professionals. Before yeah. we go before we go any further, I have two things to say. Uh, one, it should be obvious at this point that there's going to be a shit ton of spoilers in this podcast. We haven't really spoiled anything quite yet, but it's mm-hmm. it's about to happen a lot. Uh-oh. So uh, be ready for that. But also, um, we have to appreciate uh, Anthony's colloquial accent when he says the words Star Wars. Sometimes it's more pronounced than others, but uh, I just heard it, yeah. and it made me so happy. It, it comes out, yeah. <laughs> Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> Um, so I guess kind of the, like, jumping off point for the approach that this film was going to take, especially when it came to referencing The Force Awakens and basically all of Star Wars lore up to this point, um, was kind of encapsulated by, uh, us meeting Rey again, uh, on the cliff, Standing in front of our boy Luke Skywalker, mm-hmm. gristled and gray, kind of going through a gamut of emotions, gets the lightsaber, takes it in his hands, and then just chucks it over his shoulder <laughs> and walks away. And uh, I think that was the first of many gasps in the uh, in the theater that I was in um, for people like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly like how everyone in my theater was, too. <laughs> Yeah, I think it, really it got a laugh in my theater, which yeah. uh, we can get into the laughs and how they were awful. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, so, but, did, so did you think that, because, uh, let's see, we're about maybe five minutes into The Force Awakens before uh, Poe does his, who talks first, I talk first, you talk first, <laughs> you know, like who who's on first routine with uh, Kylo Ren, but... You know, it's 100% one-sided. Um, With the uh, Hux. So, good old, yes. Good old Huxable. Hux. Is, oh, can you hear me? You know, so I yeah. was fine with that. I felt like it did go on a little too long, but I was okay yeah, with, I agree with that. the the humor there because that's kind of, uh, it seems like that's Poe's way of dealing with the bad guys because he's pretty, I mean, he's like, you know, he's your prototypical Star Wars rapscallion um, but he always seems kind of controlled but anytime he's talking to like bad dudes it's always uh, hey I'm gonna remind you that you're a fucking idiot by trying to tell jokes to you yeah he's, he's Han Solo 2.0 he also gets his shit blown up all the time they better blow up whatever X-Wing he has in episode 9 too that needs <laughs> to be the new uh, Wilhelm scream if Poe's got a ship that shit needs to get blown up <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I didn't. Let's see. 
What would what have been the worst joke for you, Ethan, in this in this film? See now, so that I just saw it yesterday, and mm-hmm. in the moment, the first, like I said in the beginning of the review, I, you know, I was I mixed emotions. The first thirty minutes or so, I don't know, mm-hmm. I don't know if there was a specific moment, but just the tone really took me out of like the entire experience. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there was the goof with Poe in the beginning. Um, I can't Finn which... walking around naked. Finn, yeah, Finn with the liquids squ- squirting out of him. It was really mm-hmm. silly. And mm-hmm. I guess I just wasn't prepared for that tone off the bat. Um, yeah. And it just kind of it kind of snapped me out of it a little bit. Like the, the kind of the hype that I came into it. So I don't yeah. think it was a one specific goof. Um, but that's just how I felt when I watched it. And then, uh, you know, mm-hmm. when I read reviews later... I kind of I felt bad for having that feeling because I've just seen all the like fanboys like take that to an extreme and get like really pissed off at the movie. Yeah. So like, I don't want to be associated with them. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I I didn't even know that that was an issue for people, because like I don't know. I mean, when I watched it, I was like, oh okay, jokes like whatever. It's a Star mm-hmm. Wars movie. It's geared towards kids. Whatever. I mean, yeah. this is the same series that had Jar Jar in three fucking movies. Um, but no, like I you know, I was like, okay, I kinda rolled my eyes a few times, but like it yeah. wasn't it didn't the, take me out. And it if it did, it it's like no one gets mad at the Marvel movies for doing that. Like Thor Ragnarok was funny the whole time. Uh Guardians of the Galaxy, same thing. Like every serious moment in those movies is like kind of cut away with a joke after well, and so maybe because we're used to that now, I I don't know, but I didn't think it was an issue until the fan base started howling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're definitely gonna get into the uh, the overall reaction by fans. Uh, um, we're gonna go oh a little boy. outside of just the um, you know talking about the movie scope and just talking about what the fuck is wrong with humans in general, um, but. It's kind. It reminds me a lot of when people were like, "Oh, fucking Darth Vader's telling dad jokes in Rogue One," and it's like in Star Wars, Leia refers to Chewbacca as a walking carpet. I mean, there's been <laughs> there's been bad jokes and just jokes in general, you know, in in Star Wars since the beginning, you know, and I mean. Don't even, I mean, the fucking prequels is almost like one really long pun. You know, it's not even, <laughs> well, you know, it's one long bad joke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's, they, they don't, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, this is, why is everyone laughing? I didn't realize that this was a comedy. It's like, yeah, it's a comedy of errors. This is, but yeah, we're, you know, we got the prequels talking already. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, like, the movies are geared towards, like, children. Mm hmm. Like we have to remember that, and here well, well it definitely feels like it's been watched by a bunch of children just they happen to be thirty five and up the way <laughs> yeah, we were children, reacting. Yeah. Well, here's here's my take because I, I can obviously see both sides, and I I got mm-hmm. deep onto like Reddit threads, people arguing, what exact same thing you were saying where the there's always been humor. People are just kind of viewing the original trilogy with um, nostalgic glasses on, mm-hmm. but I do think that. They may have done a better job previously at, at keeping that humor to specific characters. 
or specific yeah. moments. And I, this one did seem to have like everyone in on it, much like mm-hmm. a, a Marvel movie, like you're saying, the kind of uh, the Joss Whedon esque banter that everyone has. So it's like everyone's sure. a stand up comedian now. Um, and so maybe maybe you have to go back and I'm I'm looking at it with the nostalgic glasses too. But it did seem like Leia's cracking jokes, but yeah, she's sassy. But then mm-hmm. Hux is is goofing off, Poe's goofing off, Mark Camel's goofing mm-hmm. off, and I don't know. It, it, I think it works better when it's when it's kept tighter to a few different sure. characters. Um, so I think that's actually a good lead in to um what I think is probably it's definitely one of the most divisive parts of this movie. But what I think is the best part um for me personally, and that is uh the character of Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi. Um, So you go to Empire and you have your Yoda character who is the kind of... um, it's I forget what the exact term is for it, but... The the wise mentor? Yeah, well, it's like um, in the hero's journey, there's always some kind of vagabond who you like, you know, you just find... It seems like you find just randomly on the side of the road who is someone that doesn't really appear to have any importance or power, and then it turns out that this person is not only, you know, the greatest at one thing or another, but is integral into the, you know, the hero character actually becoming yeah. a fulfilled character. So you have that in Yoda, who, again, cracks silly jokes the entire time, <laughs> so I don't people forgot that. Uh, even when he was CG Yoda, dude was cracking jokes nonstop, you know, making fun of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi because he lost a planet, you know. It's like, dude... Stop making fun of me in front of the little kids. They're supposed to look <laughs> up to me as their master. Um, but then you have... So, uh, so A, uh, we're, we might end up addressing a lot of criticisms of, of the movie, not to defend it, but just to kind of talk about it. Um, a lot of people are like, why did idealistic Luke from you know the end of Return of the Jedi turn into a uh, grumpy old hermit uh you know, in this movie, it's like, well, um, in the original trilogy, we only met two Jedi Masters, um, both of which who were grumpy old hermits. Uh, so that's yeah. nothing new. So I don't know why people would be surprised by that. And not only that, the dude that was idealistic uh, saw his father die when he was like, oh, I just saved him. Oh, dude, then he died. And then he's like, ah, man, fuck. Okay, well, I'm going to try and I'm going to try and do this Jedi thing again. And he's like, oh, shit, I fucked that up, too. So then he's like, nah, I'm just going to go into hiding, which is the same thing that both Obi-Wan and Yoda did earlier. So people being surprised by the characterization of a grumpy hermit Luke uh, is kind of silly to me. People being surprised by that or pissed off by it is kind of silly. Oh, yeah, I don't know if people are pissed off by that. I wish he was grumpier, honestly. (laughs) <laughs> you think he would I, be right i yeah. like radicalized luke i don't know i i was kind of like he's just like very yeah very bleh, and i loved it yeah i didn't mind his his grumpiness uh i was kind of hoping he'd be a little bit more stoic but maybe i was just hoping we get like alec guinness 2.0 uh no <laughs> yeah but he too yeah cracking jokes drinking milk from those weird alien teats that was kind of oh yeah he jerked off a space cow that was a little uh, could, we forget that? could have done without the that green milk yeah <laughs> i guess now we know where that blue milk comes from though well it's green oh this was green oh, okay 
Yeah. It wasn't just that, like, he jerked off a space cow. It was like, like the cow, like, looked at Ray after and was just like, yeah, you want some? <laughs> it was so bad, dude. It, it was, was, like, it was oh, playing like, for yucks. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, but um, yeah. I yeah. I think those are some of my, I kind of wish they had spent more time on that island with, with Ray and, and uh, Luke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I really like the whole Ray Luke thing. My one kind of like question though is, and I don't know, maybe like a like I could make up my own answer for it. But why would Luke, if he came went to the island to die or whatever, and he didn't want to be found, and then he was like, okay, but here's a map for where I am, <laughs> and then when the resistance showed up and they were like, hey, we need you, he was like, no. Like, like it wasn't the well, whole point of having like a secret map to, you know, go. Also, he, he's supposed. <laughs> I to, mean, I don't. No, yeah, I get, and he's supposed to be on like the most remote place in the whatever universe, but it's also like the main spot where all the Jedi's know about. It's like when he goes someplace more remote, like that, no one knows about. Yeah, they were like, oh yeah, he went to the first Jedi temple, like. You, you can't look that up. Yeah, the first place you check. <laughs> I mean, unless like no one knows where it is, and only the <laughs> Jedi know. Yeah, I thought about that. Maybe, maybe that's the case because they're all dead. But well, yeah. So all of the all of the Jedi information was destroyed after you know, after the Great Purge and everything. You know, Sidious basically was like, yeah, nope, no more Jedi stuff. That's all gone. Um, so the only people that really would have possibly known about it would be anyone that could be a force ghost so i guess we only really have four options for that um and then you know it's kind of of, a say again that we know of yeah yeah there might be um yeah yeah, because it was always interesting to me that the if the force has been here since the beginning of the universe that only however Mm -hmm. many millennia after qui-gon jinn of all people was the only dude that was like oh guess what i found out how to do it (laughs) <laughs> find out how to stay alive for forever uh, as a weird kind of blue version of myself that has questionable abilities and stuff, but we'll get to that as well. Yeah, um, I, I have a lot on that too. But, um, we'll but yeah, I think I always thought it was more... I thought that the the map itself was kind of um, an interesting idea because it, was, you know, it wasn't just that one piece that was missing. It was originally split up into more. So I always kind of thought that maybe... Luke gave it to Leia only. I was hoping that uh, Leia, Leia's connection to Luke would play a bigger part in finding him. Like she would mm-hmm. somehow mind meld and, and figure out where he was. Especially since they they demonstrated that kind of connection between Rey and, and Kylo Ren later. Uh, yeah. I was hoping Luke and Leia were supposed to have a stronger connection because they're twins. Uh, well, yeah, and they had it in um, Empire before Leia even knew that she was you know a Skywalker, so... The, especially the way they they chose to show Leia's force powers. Yes, I think they could have done maybe in a more subtle way. Oh, we're, we're gonna get there. Oh, we're gonna get there God. for sure. Yeah, I think that's one of uh, Anthony's uh, biggest sticking points. So we're definitely gonna devote some time to to that sequence. Um, but yeah, I really liked. I, I think Anthony was saying this. I really liked the pairing of um, of Mark Hamill and Daisy Ridley. Um, yeah, they they were great together. They yeah. were so good, and it was it was really nice to kind of see the, a lot of the explanation of what was essentially 
having had happened and was continuing to go on with the force um, explained by, you know, a basically a kind of Luke that had given up, you know, uh, it was I, I think a big theme in this whole movie is failure and, you know, how you respond to it. Um, because, you know, I, I think that's, I don't want to get like too high minded on what the filmmakers were deciding to do with the themes of this movie in comparison to what's going on in the world right now. Um, you know, I think for people to say that, uh, Star Wars has always been apolitical and now all of a sudden is, you know, with, you know, oh, they put a black guy as one oh, of the, that is not the leads or like, <laughs> a, you know, it's like a lot of people think that's people political. Yeah, it's oh my god. You know, like saying saying that Star Wars has ever been anything but that is kind of silly. Um but, you know, all that being said, I think what's one of the biggest criticisms that people had about The Force Awakens is that it was just a carbon copy of Star Wars, which, you know, that can be debated, but you can't ignore that the themes were there. And it's been kind of recycled in a lot of the movies, not just The Force Awakens in comparison to Star Wars, but almost all of them. And I think there was kind of a meta response by this film to that, is that there's just been this cycle over and over and over again, and it needs to be broken for anything to change, because otherwise we're just going to be doomed to repeat those same failures over and over and over again. And I think that having a character who was supposed to be like this embodiment of you know, like the pure Jedi way and everything, eventually have to not only go into hiding because he was ashamed of his failures, but also decide that, you know, whatever whatever drove him to be the hero of the galaxy wasn't worth saving anymore. Um, that I think that was kind of a more powerful storyline than I think people are giving it credit for. I think that I mean... it's... Go ahead. Well, he almost murdered a child. Like, <laughs> I mean, we, you know, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. yeah that's... Which is something that his, you know, that his father actually did do. And not just one, but a whole lot of them. No, but, but like, I think um, it's kind of interesting. And I, I wish they had brought it up in the movie that, like, even at the end when, like, like it killed him. But Han Solo didn't give up on his son. Yeah. Like, even after everything mm. he had done, whereas, like, Luke had kind of already given up way before then. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of an interesting parallel because Han was always, like, the, you know, the middleman. Like, the, he didn't care about anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, well, he did, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. he would have been, the like, old Han Solo would have been the first to be like, oh, yeah, get rid of him. But... Well, and I, I think that's kind of something that they, they successfully did with The Force Awakens, especially with... um. Uh, the like first expository lines that Han has after he's kind of settled in with Finn and Rey, where he's like, you know, basically saying like, oh, I didn't, I used to not believe in the Force or Jedi's or any of that stuff, but then I saw all of it and then I started to believe. Um, so it kind of like reinforced that the character that we knew from Han from at the end of Return of the Jedi was a completely changed man, you know, and that was yeah. because of Luke and his beliefs and his power and stuff. So it was kind of cool to see that. And, you know, I Luke didn't, you know, 
he he thought about it for a second. He was like, oh shit, this is not good. Maybe I should totally kill this guy. And he's like, nah. But after that, but at that point, it was too late. Yeah, like that's his solution. He's like, well, I guess I could just kill him. Yeah, <laughs> there's no way I could reason well, with him. <laughs> and and so isn't that kind of? I mean, I, Luke is the like the hero of the rebellion, the Jedi leader, the Jedi master, all this stuff like that. But if we're thinking about the Luke that we got introduced to the last time we saw him actually in action, he was already kind of in that gray area, right? I mean, he's yeah. he's um he's in Jabba's palace and he's force choking everyone and you know, he's saying that I will destroy you with my power and everything and he's trying to do he's doing Jedi mind tricks on people and manipulating people and stuff like that. And really the only time that he kind of leans into the this is me just being like trying to be this Zen Jedi guy is when he's like, Oh, I'm not gonna fight you, Dad. I'm not gonna kill you, I'm not gonna, you know, submit to the Emperor and stuff like that. But then he gets coaxed into it, you know, and rises up in rage and he's like, Nah, I'm not gonna do it again. I'm gonna hide over here in the dark and then Pops is like, Yo, if I, if you don't come and hang out with me, I guess your sister's gonna have to do and then he gets all pissed off again. So, you know, I think that him wavering back and forth across the line was kind of a like a you know kind of a bell what what do they call it a bell cow bell no no I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you're getting at. bell cow uh, bell like, weather he's uh, something I think I'm mixing two different wait. phrases but uh let's <laughs> well, say whatever like, those uh, aliens cow? are that the green milk comes out of their uh under teats yeah that's a bell cow <laughs> yeah that it's one yeah, of those okay. You know, like this whole oh, no. oh. shift, this kind of idea of there being that there shouldn't be that these this dichotomy in the force and force users and stuff was kind of, was definitely hinted at already. So you know, having a scene where Luke has a crisis of faith, but then ultimately chooses the light side, isn't shocking. Uh, just it's just too bad that you know lightsabers glow uh, and make sound. <laughs> Because yeah, so it's like, oh, you just woke up the sleeping kid and he thought that you were going to kill him, so congratulations. Just use a regular knife, bro. Yeah. Could have avoided all this trouble. Uh, Just real quick, I don't want to keep going back to the original trilogies, but you kind of touched on it there. And I think what makes those original three movies so great is uh, Mark Hamill is such like a pussy loser in the first movie, and then he, became, <laughs> he becomes such a mega badass by the Return of the Jedi. Um, yeah, and that's the only thing that these ones aren't doing because Ray is kind of a badass from the beginning, and mm-hmm. she's definitely becoming more badass. And I mean, she's great, but there's just not as as large of an arc there. Mm-hmm. That I don't think any of these characters really are are accomplishing as much as uh, Luke did in the original trilogies. So nostalgia be damned, uh, they still got that. No, part. no, I well, I I agree with that, and there's definitely, I think. Uh, I think the original trilogy definitely was Luke's story, for sure, right? Like, Leia's yeah. there and Han's there, and they do a shit ton of stuff, too, and they go through growth and everything, but they still feel like ancillary characters to the story of Luke Skywalker. Um, and it seems to me, especially with them having as large a cast as they do, um, that it's no one... Like it, it, it definitely feels like Ray's story, and this movie makes it more like Kylo and Ray's story. 
but it still feels yeah. like, you know, Poe is Poe. I still think is not as much a main character as people kind of want him to be, which is fine yeah. because he's great at what he does. But I still think it's Finn and Ray and Kylo as as opposed to Finn and Ray and um, Poe, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, um, no, you're you're right. Yeah, for sure. And I I think also uh, the idea that we we have a Ray who lives in a, like we have Luke who really wasn't aware of like the Force and Jedi's and stuff like that because he grew up during you know the reign of the Empire that kind of interim time in between the fall of the old Republic and the rise of the Empire. So there's no stories and history and everything for him to learn about. Um, he's also got his uncle who's just like, no, no Jedi stuff, none of that. I'm not going to talk about your dad. I'm not going to talk about any of that shit. So it doesn't exist. So even if Luke is, you know, kind of roaming around the Jundlin wastelands, uh, you know, maybe thinking, oh, I I was able to run farther or jump a little bit higher. Or I felt like I needed to react to something quicker. Or he's flying his, you know, T-16s around. He's doing all this stuff. He has no idea that it could be anything greater than. He also was, like you said, kind of just a wuss. You know, he's like a sure. spoiled you know, a farm boy, you know, just well, kind of like, you know, station. always, eh. yeah, it's like, fuck, I want to pick up some power converters, God damn it. <laughs> I don't want to work on a moisture farm because, I mean, in all honesty, who wants to work on a moisture farm? Um, but then you put that in contrast to Ray, who not only is completely by herself, you know, having to learn to scavenge and fight and take care of herself and everything like that, but then also as kind of growing up on these kind of legends and stories about Luke Skywalker and the rebellion and the Jedi and all that stuff. Um, so it kind of puts her at an advantage to go from badass to badass that also has the force. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's fun. Obviously. I, I mean, I like her character in this movie too. Yeah. Just, it's not going to reach like the satisfaction of seeing that, that full circle that Luke took. True. Very true. But yeah what you mentioned that I think these movies definitely do better is Kylo Ren's an awesome character. Oh yeah. And they're, they're really nailing it's, him. It's, it's kind of interesting that, you know, it's, it's almost the reverse of Vader, right? Yeah. So Vader was just cool and scary as shit based off of visage and voice and presence alone. We didn't know shit about him. Like even until, you know, he says, no, I am your father in Empire. Like, it's just like, it's just some scary fucking robot dude that's got a laser sword. <laughs> and then it's kind of like you start to unravel a little bit more and more. And then, you know, with the prequels and everything, sure. <laughs> and you contrast that with Kylo Ren. It's like, we fucking know everything about this dude. And he's so conflicted, but he's ultimately still evil over all of it. Like, mm-hmm. he has, you know, it's it's so interesting to have a character that's like, is being tempted by good as opposed to the other way around and you see a lot of the reasons why he would be the way that he is and it's weird to have like sympathy for a character that's evil when you know that he's evil and he's choosing to be evil but you understand why so it's kind of a it's definitely an interesting take on the kind of bad guy character Mm -hmm. okay i don't know kylo ren reminds me of like 
the goth kid who goes like clothes shopping with his mom and he's like no mom i want to go to hot topic but she's like oh no let's go to the gap sweetie and it's like that's like what he reminds me of and like i i like his character though i really i love him but like the whole time like i just kind of want to like slap him and be like dude (laughs) put a shirt on and join the good side like you're a good guy he like he didn't kill his mom or anything which we'll get to that i'm sure um but I kind of wanted to go going back to what you were saying though about like the arcs not being as satisfying or you know as much about one character. I think mm-hmm. ultimately this is more about Finn than Ray and uh, Kylo. Well, he's because... he's he's definitely had the most growth, right? Yeah. Well, because yeah. Right, I mean, I thought his growth in the in the Force Awakens is like kind of forced. I hate the pun, but <laughs> he, no, like, like, you know, he grew it. I, when I watched The Force Awakens, he was like, oh yeah, I'm just going to be good now. Even though he was like brought up to be a stormtrooper for however <laughs> mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. But like in the beginning of this movie, he's trying to escape yeah, to go find Ray apparently, but which, you know, and then Rose, ugh, I'll get to her too. Um, she she's like, "Oh, are you running away?" And she figures out he's like running away. And he tried to do the same thing in the first movie too. He tried to run away when they went to Maz, uh, mm-hmm. her place. Well, he, so well, he thought, did. Like, he, and I mean, yeah, he technically it, ran away at the very beginning too, right? Yeah, like his yeah. whole thing is about running away and mm-hmm. getting getting out safe. And then at the end of this movie, he tried to suicide bomb. <laughs> You know, like... Which some would say is the ultimate running away. (laughs) Yeah, in a way. But, like, you know, he he wasn't running. He was trying to protect everyone. And, like, Mm -hmm. I thought that was, was like, oh, that's cool how they're doing that. And then Mm -hmm. Rose fucked that up, too. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been a really sweet capper on his story. I know that they wouldn't kill him just because he's a main player, but I think if they had... I honestly thought they were going to kill him, though. Like, I really thought he was... Because... Given the way the movies, you know, had been going at that point, like yeah, I thought that I was like, oh, they're just gonna fucking Game of Thrones everybody. <laughs> That's <what's happening." laughs> yeah, I think that would have been way more satisfying. But I thought um, Rose was gonna knock him out of the way and sacrifice herself, which would have been mm-hmm. all right too. But instead, she just knocks him off course, uh, and in her mind, pretty much kills everybody because she didn't know Luke was gonna show up. Yeah. <laughs> Just because she wanted that sweet kiss. <laughs> After 12 hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that Finn has definitely had, you know, it was like, a, I'm just going to save my ass. Oh, this girl's cute. I'm going to hang out with this girl. Uh, oh, shit. Shit's going down. I'm going to run again. Oh, wait, the girl. I need to save the girl. And then she stick, he sticks around for that. And then it's still completely about Ray. As soon as he wakes up and realizes that everything's gone to shit, but then, you know, progressively gets a little bit more roped into the cause, which I think is is a, is a pretty pretty good arc, especially considering that, you know, if you're if you're still going by people thinking that Poe is one of the main characters, dude's been the exact same guy the entire time. You yeah. know, there's been and which is fine. It's it's totally cool. But he like even the um him and oh, what's her name? Haldo, I think, right? Yes. Lord Dern. Um, who is who's amazing? We'll get to to get to all of the new characters here in a second, but even his kind of you know realizing that Haldo was you know doing doing the right thing as it were, um, really was still within his kind of 
frame of reference for his his character. Um, yeah, we kind of talked about the majority of the old folks. We will talk about um, some of the the grievances coming up here soon. But we do have okay. some some new characters uh, in this one. Uh, first of which is Haldo, who is played by Laura Dern. It's kind of like a uh, like. Leia Light, I think, would be a good way to put her. Like Diet Leia. Sure, sure, um, sure. And she kind of takes over after a scene that we will talk about uh, in depth here soon. Uh, we don't have to talk about it. But... <laughs> I just want to hear you All get right. worked up about it. So, uh, you know. Well, um, you'll, you'll hear it, yeah. Like... But I thought I thought she was great. I thought... Oh, Laura Dern? Yeah, she was, yeah. She was super, oh, super yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, she's wonderful. Uh, the only problem I have with that character that... Again, I I wish was more original thought, but apparently everyone had the same problem. Uh, I don't know why she really kept most of her plan a secret from everybody. Yeah, it was kind of that um, uh, good guy that seems like they're doing the wrong thing, but it ends up being ultimately the right thing trope. Yeah, that, it's like uh, the only reason she didn't of... tell him is because it makes for a more interesting movie, but that doesn't make sense right. within that world. Right, yeah. So it kind of, I felt like they could have... Um, they could have had a situation. Like basically, they wanted to have that little insurrection. They wanted Poe to do what he always does and fail. You know, it's kind mm-hmm. of the overall theme for the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like if she told Poe like what her plan was, he would try to talk her out of that too. Yeah. Well, then that's so, yeah. So fine. they, they, they get they, that cause... same conflict in a more yeah. natural yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, and and that, I think and yeah, ruin, I think that would have been that's for, that's a mini script doctor there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. mini script doctor. He'll come back later too. <laughs> oh, he's coming back. He's, yeah, he's yeah. got a big one. Oh, um, yeah. there's also a what I think is safe to say is kind of like a almost a cameo role by a Benicio del Toro as a DJ. <laughs> um, DJ who was his name. I thought DJ. Okay. DJ, That's short name, for, not for his, don't, not don't his, join. Not his profession? Not his, like, it's not his job. <laughs> yeah, it's not his job title. What's he's, his full he's, name? Uh, he's DJ. I don't think they give him another name besides just the letters. I think it's just uh, DJ. Oh, I thought, yeah. I thought you said it was, like, dual Oh, join. don't well, join. I think it's, like, don't it's join. DJ D2, yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. That That's... That's what people are saying, The that his initials stand for don't join, because that's his, his line to Finn. When he's like, "Nah, dude, you're fucked up. This this isn't you're you're not doing it right." Um, but he, yeah, his role as a splicer, which is essentially just like a hacker of all things. Uh, need a door hacked? Call DJ. Need a <laughs> shield hacked? Call DJ. Um, but yeah, I I thought that you know he was kind of a neat character. In in uh, it's nice to see that Star Wars still has enough pull that pretty high profile characters will roll in for like eight minutes of screen time and and be cool with it you know and not just oh, be yeah. like uh you know like i think edgar wright was in this movie in the trenches of the crate battle um <laughs> for like a half a second so that's i mean funny. that's that's cool that you can have that stuff go on uh but that people and, will be uh, like yeah i'll take a role like a legit role like between him and laura dern that's pretty it's pretty spicy. It's pretty I saw uh, Joseph Joseph Gordon Levitt had a voice credit too. Yes, yes. Everyone I think Mark Hamill played a couple voices too. He did the little uh, 
little, uh, little leprechaun. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, th- we're gonna get to the Canto bite be- right right in the middle of this because we gotta talk about Rose, but- and I'm gonna let Anthony. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna cede the floor to Anthony and have him. I want to hear these Rose All hot right. takes. <clears throat> okay. I. I'm conflicted because like the more I think about it, I I like the character, but like when I was watching the movie and. Like, it was just, like, her and Finn together. Almost the whole time, I kept saying, I hate this. <laughs> like, like, I don't know why. Like, I just wasn't into it. I was like, I, was like, I don't care about... Because to me, Rose is just, like, a plot device. She was, like, uh, Max on Stranger Things. Like, she was just there <laughs> to be there and to inform the audience of, you know, certain things in the galaxy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, they could have done that with, like, C-3PO instead or... <laughs> Like, yeah. imagine how funny it would be if, like, C-3PO was at the casino. <laughs> 3PO and Finn, been way... the new yeah. ship. <laughs> the like, one time someone cool, wants more like... 3PO. <laughs> I, I, yeah, but, like, no, you, I, know, I don't know. I just felt like, or they could have combined, like, her character into Benicio Del Toro's character. Hmm. And a really cool love interest between the two of them, Benicio, and I would have been cool with that. um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, like, I just, I was like, I mean, I get it, because they did a great job setting it up, like, with um, Rose's sister, and, yeah, all of that, and I was like, okay, so they're gonna show, like, the average Joe, and I was Mm -hmm. like, alright, and then, like, they, they go into detail about, like, arms dealers and all of that, and Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I really like how this, the direction this is going because they never talk about that in the the other movies. Like, yeah, like what like what was it in uh, Clerks when they were like, oh, like what about the people that scrub the toilets on the Death yeah. Star? Like they get blown up too. Like Those people and, are just but, contractors. Yeah, yeah, independent <laughs> contractors. But like I I thought it was kind of interesting because we never go into that. Well, like, and that's kind movies. of like um, it was like a Rogue One tint, right? Like the yeah. the non superhero legendary characters kind of going through the minutiae with us. Yeah, but, like, I just felt like Rose was just there to be there and to just mm-hmm. be, like, to be a love interest for Finn. And then I, a lot of people are shipping Ray and Finn, and now she kind of complicates things, mm-hmm. even though I think Finn and Poe should be together. So. <laughs> well, then there's That's the whole Raylo thing after uh kylo and ray have their their mind melds and whatnot mm. so there's just a lot of yeah, there's a lot of affairs all... going on yeah. in this uh which you know kind of brings to mind the uh luke han leia triangle that existed for a long time until it was like wait leia's my sister oh man this is the rare love rectangle with rose there too. <laughs> so what do you think about rose there eth uh I didn't have well, hmm. I don't really have a problem with her, the character, but mm-hmm. like you were saying, Anthony, all the scenes that she was in were trash. But I think that was just yeah. that was part of the problem with the plot. Yeah, like so, it, it wasn't her or the actress. Like they they were fine. No, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I liked the actress. I liked like the character because it kind of that's another theme of these movies is kind of like a meta discussion of the lore of star wars within it yeah which i'm always really into like exploring it at the like granular level of what was her role mm-hmm. she like looked at pipes all day she said or something she uses maintenance on the ship uh yep yeah but like i don't really get 
what what her purpose was. Because they said they had to bring her along for the mission for what reason? Because she was able to, she f- would know how to um, deactivate the hyperspace tracking thing. Oh, uh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. But so again, Finn yeah, none of that knew pays how off. to get there, and she, and she knew how to turn it on because you know we just like Anthony was saying, Finn was one of those people that would scrub toilets and stuff <laughs> on the ships, so he yeah. knew where things would be, and she knew how to actually shut it down. Yeah, and see, uh, see, this is my whole problem with this movie. And I think if you pretty much rip out this entire Finn subplot, then this movie is definitely an A. Because I liked every other part. But this whole mm-hmm. side quest was stupid and pointless. Yeah, that's, that's how it uh-huh. felt to me. It was a side quest. And, yeah, and like nothing like, came of it. The The reason for it happening was kind of like literally in story-wise plotting so the <laughs> yeah the consistent uh chasing of a ship being the main plot device for the movement in this you know like one plot line anyway the non ray and kylo plot line mm-hmm. um was boring to me it wasn't <laughs> exciting at all and then no. i was thinking the alternative really would have been like kind of a siege on you know, a planet or something like that, but that's literally what we're coming out of the back end of, and it happened in, you know, almost every other movie, so you don't really want that to be the exact same thing. Yeah. So the this is a mini-script, Doctor, for me on this one. Oh, yeah. Um, instead of it being like um, the ship can't jump to light space because it'll get tracked, um, being the only reason that they can't jump, and them being able to just be outside of the range of the fighters and all that shit. What would have been great is if both of the ships had been damaged to where they had to go at that speed and they couldn't contact anyone. Because Mm. to me, you know, and this is one of those things where you don't ever want to think about stories too much because then you can just completely pull them apart. What is to stop them from just calling to the rest of the First Order and being like, yo, can you guys send a ship in the opposite direction <laughs> um, and then just blow them up from the front? Because we can't really catch them from here right now, uh, but they they really have nowhere else to go. So how about y'all just, you know, fuck yeah. them up from the front? Yeah, where'd all those yeah, Star Destroyers think... go from the first scene? They're just... They got blown up. No, just the one Dreadnought got blown up. But... Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the other funny thing about these movies is like they feel the need, I guess, to keep introducing new, like bigger, scarier ships. So it's like Star Destroyers are like no big deal anymore. But I remember in the yep. originals, it was like, holy shit, a Star Destroyer. We're so fucked. Yep. And now it's like, oh, Super Star Destroyer. Yeah. Uh, Super Star now we got a Dreadnought. And then they, and it was great is that they, they introduced these things and they're like the ultimate power in the universe and then they get blown up <laughs> and it's great. But that that whole that opening scene with the bombing run was was pretty awesome. That was that was super cool, and I liked the uh, that was like the beginning of the you know uh, low low folks on the totem pole, the ones that you know get the job done dirty and everything, and are sacrificing themselves and whatnot. That was that was where uh, Rose's sister Paige Tico got introduced to her, and she's like some Vietnamese actress or something like that. And it is super beautiful. Just want to put that out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she is. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we have that 
And I don't the kind of I also think I liked I was I was thinking about what would be a better like characterization for Rose for it to be something that feels a little bit more organic cuz I like it would have been like if they had had Finn uh volunteer to be a stormtrooper as opposed to getting picked up when he was like a young kid you know mm-hmm. like if Finn came from the same kind of place as Rose did and he was like I I don't want to be a stable boy or whatever I don't want to be working as a janitor so then I'm going to join the first order and then he becomes a janitor at the first order um but if there was like some kind of connection to them as opposed to it just being like we are learning alongside Finn about the kind of injustices that the First Order has kind of put on the people of the galaxy. Because uh, I didn't mind that being an impetus for change at all. I mean, like the whole stable kids and stuff, all of that, I thought that was super cool. But the them having to go to a casino to see like the opulence of the oh. First Order was kind of silly to me. It was like, um, it's like we need to have our cantina scene. So we'll do yeah. it this way, but of yeah, course, it felt a lot like the prequels. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But of, of course, so he has to I, flip you it. know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Instead of them Whereas being like, like scumbags, they're rich scumbags. Yep, rich scumbags. Yeah, but it's like it's all it's all the same, which is kind of like the reinforced by the Benicio del Toro character. It's just like doesn't matter if you're on this side or that side. You know, it's all kind of corrupt. Yeah, like he's just trying to live his life, though. Like, and, yeah. I think that's kind of that was a really interesting point that they touched on too. Is like there are plenty of people in the galaxy that don't care about <clears throat> first order resistance. Oh yeah, public. like mm-hmm. they just want to fucking do their thing. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of glad that a Star Wars movie killed a bunch of rich people. And I think we should have like yeah, we should have like the top like one percent like we should have like camel kangaroo things running through wall street that would be great and i'd be i'd be like okay with that that's that's a whole other yeah i think i feel like they didn't go far enough because basically they go to that casino they trash the casino and they let the the horses go and they're like well at least we save those horses that will most assuredly be picked up in 20 minutes but Mm -hmm. we left all the poor slave kids (laughs) no one gives a shit about (laughs) yeah i know right yeah, it was kind of like a, you guys got really close to making a big message here. Yeah, they you know, just danced around it a little too much. Yeah, yeah, like they should have given the kids blaster. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, <laughs> just let them kill the owner. That would have been cool. I think the um the uh, what's what's his name? Uh, fuck, oh. uh, Diego Luna's character in Rogue One. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, when whatever. when he just straight up murders that dude. In the beginning yeah, of, of like in cold blood. Yeah, I think that's a and you know because that's a human, as opposed to Han blasting Greedo. Uh, that's about as close as they get to just kind of wanton murder for murder's sake. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about as comfortable as they're as they're okay with you know doing a Disney backed PG thirteen movie. But we'll we'll get there. There'll be a massacre one day, Anthony. Don't worry about it. They're they're gonna take oh, care yeah. of you. We'll get an R rated. Um, Let's go. Yeah. Well, hey man, if we're gonna get R-rated Marvel movies uh, from that Fox merger, then uh, no, we're not. Then, hey, you never know. Who <laughs> you never know. Um, so we have that. We got that, uh, and then I think one of the other big grievances 
is how the force is handled in general. Um, but specifically for one of our panelists here, uh, what has been referred to as uh, Carrie Poppins, um, <laughs> the uh, Leia Organa suddenly okay. uh, using the force to pull herself out of space back to a spaceship that's been blown up. Um, I'm going to – I'll get to that. But I also want to say one thing, Anthony. Yeah. Uh, uh, rest in peace to um, – oh, dang. Oh, I can't believe I just forgot his name. Uh, it's one of those things where you never forget his name – until you think about it, Akbar, Admiral Akbar, rest in peace. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, he didn't get the the send off he deserved. Rest but... in peace, Admiral. Yeah, Akbar. so he died when they blew up that bridge. Oh yeah, all all of the leaders of the resistance were all, <laughs> you know, it's kind of the thing where it's like the president and the vice president. Well, maybe these two, but should never <sighs> usually be together just in case something goes down. I was like, yeah, yeah, you put all of the resistance leaders in the same place in the middle of a space battle, of course. <laughs> and it's but like, yeah, go ahead, Anthony. It's on the front of the ship. Exactly. Well, before before I get to Carrie Poppins, uh, you brought up a, a good point about characters not getting their due and Finn's story. And I want to talk about Captain Phasma and what a fucking waste that was yeah. because, <laughs> oh my god, I'm, yeah. it, it made me angry. Like Because you have Gwendolyn Christie, who is a fantastic actress. She's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And... You have all this hype surrounding her, and, and a, you make rare the same mistake you made too. in the first movie. Yeah, she's like she's an incredible actress, and you hype they hyped her up in the Force Awakens, and everyone was so angry because they're like, oh, she was in the movie for two minutes, mm-hmm. and in this one, she was in the movie for a minute and a half. <laughs> yep, I forgot they, about they, her. They could have made yeah, they exactly they they could have made the whole Finn and Rose thing like them running from Phasma and like they could have done something to make Phasma more, you know, awful because like she's a murderer and she's, you know, straight up evil, but like, we don't see any of that. We just Mm -hmm. see her like, Oh, I'm not going to shoot you. I'm going to fucking tase you to death or whatever. (laughs) Nothing could go wrong. And, And I mean, unless she comes back, I don't think she. I will, hope they do. But... That's that's another Wilhelm scream thing. I want. I want there to be blown up Finn or Poe X wings and a phasma uh, underuse in every single <laughs> one of these movies. Yeah, like, but it's like they didn't use her, and that angered me. But it also made me think, like, as an maybe it's just us as an audience that have changed because everyone went ape shit for Boba Fett. Yep. But he was in the movie for 10 minutes, mm. not even. And everyone was like, oh, he's great. And he's mm-hmm. got like all this crazy backstory or whatever. But like, no well, and that's when that. people started to loot, like be like, why are you doing that to Boba Fett? Because like he had this limited screen time. He was all about, again, it was like the vadering of a character. It's just like he looked cool. He sounded cool. He was scary. He was shooting off lasers. He seemed like this total badass. And then, of course, yeah, he gets dispatched in an unceremonious yeah. way in Return of the Jedi. But that just kind of, you know, built into the, oh, man, I bet he would, you know, like it's Luke must have been, you know, the best because he somehow managed to bring about the end of Boba Fett, you know, without, you know, barely yeah. even, you know, thinking about it. But it's like, so, yeah, Luke must be a badass because Boba Fett was a badass. And then you tell the entire story of how he 
was the the lucky clone that got to be raised by Jango Fett and you know saw his dad's head get chopped off and then they did some stuff in the Clone Wars uh, cartoons with him and everything. It's just like, hey, how about this? Maybe let's use uh, less Boba Fett so that we don't find out that he sucks. Let's just think about how <laughs> cool he was and then just leave it there. So yeah, I know I totally know what you mean. No, but so it's like yeah, but like everyone put him on a pedestal like even as the prequels are coming out and Phasma got maybe a little more screen time and everyone hates her, including me. Like I wish they had done more (laughs) with her, but like, like it's just interesting to me how we do that. And it's sort of the same with now I'm getting off track here, but I don't care. Um, with uh, Supreme leader, uh, Snoke, because everyone is like, Oh, we saw him for five minutes. I'm like, yeah, we saw the emperor for five minutes too. Yeah. (laughs) The Emperor also, up until the prequels, had no backstory at all, and we were totally yeah. cool with it then. Yeah, like, everyone was fine with it. And then everyone, you know, everyone argues now, like, oh, but we know this about him. I'm like, yeah, that like, 20 years after the fact. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't get people that are getting upset about that. Like, I never really yeah. thought Snoke was going to be some really interesting character. He's just evil. Like, that's fine. And he was he was one of those mystery box items, too, you know? Like... Yeah. It was he was shrouded in mystery and it was the type of thing where whatever the reveal could end up being would never be up to expectations. You know, same thing with, with Ray's parents and, you know, her her history. It's like there's nothing that could have happened that would have, you know, lived up to the expectations that was built into it. You know, it's like this whole these plot drivers that are built on the fact that we don't know what the answers are. You usually the answer that comes from that is never gonna be enough for people in general no i mean ray's parents could have been obi-wan kenobi and people would have been angry because oh, like Obi-Wan why does everyone have like... to be related and then yeah. but then she's not related to anyone they're like well how how is she not related to anyone she's so powerful it's like listen characters yeah, get made a, yeah fuck they off don't, <laughs> <laughs> they don't they didn't have a problem with anakin being a nobody and having all that power but that's Oh, because he, he was he was conceived from the midichlorians, yeah, so that was but what made him interesting. Okay, but yeah. what whatever. But Anthony, you, you gotta talk to us about a, Carrie Poppins. We like gotta hear your Jedi Carrie Jesus. Poppins take. Okay, because yeah, now that'll go back into Snoke in a minute with what I'm about to. Mm-hmm. I fucking hated Carrie Poppins. And I wanted to <laughs> fucking like I really like I want to kill myself a lot. Like that's you know, <laughs> but I really wanted to do it. In the theater, like, when I saw, like, because I, I, I'm I okay with Carrie Fisher being of the Force. I'm fine with it. I'm like, all right, good. And that's fine that she's got all these crazy Force powers. I don't care. She's a Skywalker. She can do whatever the fuck she wants. But just, it looked so fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, like the worst sci-fi movie I've seen this year is Valerian. And that scene was worse than that. It was so bad. It was just... Like, she floated, not, like, you're in deep space, like, I don't care, like, you, you don't, you can't do that, like, yeah. I don't care if, the, like, does she have, like, a force bubble around her, like, it, mm-hmm. and even then, like, her body, like, froze in space, and she was like, oh, whatever, I'm just gonna fucking float, and it was so stupid, like, there are, like, people <laughs> flying all over the place, and you mean to tell me that the force... This is one thing that, like, nobody understands except, like, Luke and a handful of other people can float in space. Like, I just don't... It's so stupid. Yeah, to throw that in this late is pretty weird. Well, yeah, like, 
I mean, like, it, they, they could have had, like, a thing where she was floating in space, and, like, her eyes, like, open, and she was like, oh, Luke, and then, like, sever that, and mm. then kill her. Yeah. But, I I mean, I, I think she, she should have died in the movie anyway, given her, you know, actual passing. And I was really, like, not hoping, but I was like, oh, they, they have to know. I'm sure they have something planned. Yeah. Yeah, but, well... like, I think it would be a disservice to do CGI Carrie Fisher. Oh, yeah. In episode They've already nine. done it, it once and a... fucked it up. So. Yeah, no, I think what they'll probably do that I read, you know, some people uh, thinking about was just do a time jump. Postulating. That's what I was trying to think of. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it is unfortunate because that would be such a beautiful send-off for that character. I thought... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, or... I mean, if they were gonna do the fucking... <laughs> Superman thing, like, I mean, I would have rolled my eyes at how stupid that looked, because there's nothing you could have done that would have made that scene good. Well, well no, but... I gotta fix. I know, I, I know how to fix it. Trust me. Oh, wait, All right. I tell you. So, she's yeah. floating in space, and then they zoom in on her hand, and then she starts, you know, twitching her hand. And I thought what she was gonna do was somehow use the force to like repair the ship in a way that would allow the rest of the people to be safe like i don't know it was like a tear in it or something and she'd repair that Mm -hmm. and then just like you know float away all crystallized and glowing it'd be beautiful and i was like okay this is this is going this place and then she starts flying i was like what the fuck yeah but i mean i think they probably had to well, when when she first got shot off in a fucking deep space i was like oh this is how they're gonna do it yeah yeah it's i had a, that thought but, too yeah yeah it's unfortunate because yeah, it, yeah, you're kind of like waiting like how are they going to handle this the whole time which is kind mm-hmm. of a, yeah. a weird thought to have in the movie what? like oh sorry what if on. kylo pushed her back in would you guys been okay with that hmm. well that was the other because thing because he, he that that also he had already decided that he wasn't going to shoot her yeah so and it has already I, been you know kind of hinted at that they were aware of each other's presence you know through their whether it be just the mommy son situation or just the force in general but you know but then he kind of trailed off and then you know his uh squadron buddies decided to shoot anyway yeah um, i think it would have been better if he when he like let go of the the fire button yeah and then his like other friends went and killed her um but I think they, they shot too many scenes with her after. Yeah. And she played like yeah. such an important part after. But does she though? They're kinda I don't think she well, I mean, does she really do anything? She was in a lot of scenes, but I don't know if she really does anything. She kind like of everyone looked to her, like Well, I think yeah. that she like very, very effectively passes the torch to Poe, you know, at the yeah, at the end of true. the the end of the scene which i thought was you know like literally and you know in like the a way that only carrie fisher can you know like she doesn't yeah. look behind when everyone's looking it's like why are you looking at me <laughs> listen to him so it's kind of like a you know a, a very clear hey he, he's a dude in charge now i'm just kind of the the figurehead here now i will say well i do think that would be a really good send-off her like floating off in space and maybe she calls out to, to Luke like we were saying Anthony um, when Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher are together at the end on the salt planet oh, it's... I, I got teary eyed I'm not gonna lie yeah me too oh, that, yeah. Was, that was that was the part that, that made was... it worst 
And apparently the um the I did something with my hair was a was a Carrie Fisher written line. Um <laughs> so she she punched that one up, so I thought that was that was pretty neat. There you go. Yeah, um, so maybe it was worth it. Yeah. But not really. Um I thought I thought she was much better in this movie than Force Awakens too. Yeah. Like she was much more like self deprecating and Yeah. I don't know. Like I, I think this is a good it sucks to say it, but I think this is like a good movie to be her last movie. Yeah. Had they planned on her being in more? Just just through the through the third one. I think like so one more. she you know, it, it was supposed to be like a, a Han's gone, Luke's gone, Leia's gone type uh, thing. Oh yeah. So um but yeah. So Let's see. So we yeah, we have the Snoke kind of a the Snoke and the Ray mystery box reveals are kind of hand in hand. Um so you we had Snoke, we see him in person as opposed to hologram and he's kind of look exactly the same except for maybe his face is a little bit more fucked up. <laughs> um and he's super opulent uh kind of like the emperor and Liberace got kind of mixed together. Um, and so we know a couple things. We know that he's not a Sith, um, but he obviously has, or at least leans to the dark side of the force. Um, well, I don't think it's not a, I don't think they talk about it in, in the movie, but it's like, you know, it's been talked about by the explicitly say, yo, I'm not a Sith Sith Lord, but I mean, maybe he doesn't do that. I I think he's alive, by the way. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay. Way. His little okay. tongue was sticking right. out. Okay, I don't like. I don't mean like. Okay, you mean ghost, <laughs> ghost. Wars? Um. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. Like. I mean. Like how Yoda and everyone else, like you had mentioned earlier, everyone else, you know, all this time, only four people know how to come back from in their ghost form. Mm-hmm. So I feel like. He's still, you know, connected to the force. He's still a force user. I just want I just want to point out that there should be no reason that uh Anakin Skywalker should be a force ghost because it makes no fucking sense. <laughs> I just want to point that part out. I know that yep. they did it to kind of, you know, be like sweet for the end of Return of the Jedi, but then Stupid. when they go back and kind of explain how that happens, uh Qui-Gon taught Yoda. Yoda, I guess taught Obi-Wan or or Qui-Gon taught Obi-Wan, whatever. And he's supposed to like meditate about it when he's watching over Luke and stuff. So ideally, only those three should know how to do it, especially uh, since I'm assuming that they're not talking to Anakin when he's Darth Vader. Uh, so that he dies and comes back is kinda kinda silly. But that being said, it kinda does seem and this could be wrong too, but it kinda does seem like a light side uh power. Yeah. Um you know, especially considering that, like, the only kind of brush with immortality that we've had was through Sidious and his master. And, you know, they, it was more about creating life and stopping death than, you know, continuing to live on through the Force. But that's a, uh, that's like a Jehovah's Witness answer to but it, well, the way that the I Force mean, works after you die. I mean, all of them are, you know, the whole thing is about balance. And so if it's really a light side thing, then, you know, Vader being a ghost or whatever because of the light side does kind of make sense. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, 
he brought balance to the force, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, where's Mace Windu? I don't know. I think I need some more Sam Jackson. <laughs> Mace Windu is Snoke. That's that's the that's the uh, answer. Uh, that's I'm sure he that's is, my Snoke yeah. theory, and I'm sticking to it. No, so I, I just think that so people were thinking that Snoke was more powerful than Vader or Sidious, um, and they think that because uh. he was able to move people around and all sorts of stuff. But I think that that's bullshit because a Kylo Ren did that in. The, For- the Force Awakens, after he throws like one of his temper tantrums, he pulls a guy to him through the air into a Force choke, and he's not even supposed to be fully powerful yet. So that whole thing is garbage. And on top of that, I would think that the reason that Snoke would have never shown up, because the idea is like, hell, how do you explain where he was all the rest of the time? I think the idea that he wasn't around in any other movies would be because Sidious was around, and he was more powerful so that's why he was like, I'm just going to hang back and let this all kind of roll out. And then as soon as this if this stuff gets fucked up, then I'm going to step in and be the big dog. Yeah, and sure. it kind of – and the fact that it, it kind of like opens up all new possibilities too because we know that he's apparently a nobody and Ray's parents are nobody. So like now you have all of these people in this galaxy who are suddenly like – kind of stepping up and it really paves the way for a whole new set of non Skywalker stories. Yeah. Yeah. And for Disney to make money on, which that's true. Yeah. (laughs) So were you guys okay with the fact that Snoke was no one and that race parents are at least seemingly no one? I'm fine with it. I like it a lot, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm still a little bit afraid that they're going to reverse the Ray thing and and pull something out of their ass there at the end. Oh, well, like, like Kylo Ren was lying about yeah, her parents like being he was, no one? Yeah, he's trying yeah, to manipulate yeah, her. Anthony and I had a, a text chat about that, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, we did. We were sexting. Big time. It was great. Um, and actually, no, it wasn't because I never got a response. I sent this beautiful oh, yeah. soliloquy <laughs> and never, you know, it was like, uh, left me hanging. You gave him blue um, to be fair, I don't, I don't respond to my own family via sext, <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, I, I think that the Kylo either lying or not knowing the answer, but saying what he needed to say to get Ray to be on his side is very possible. Um, the other thing that I had as as kind of a bit of a theory was that because um, Anthony and I were talking about when Maz asks Han who's the girl and then we cut away so like you know film theory postulates that there is an actual conversation that happens there that we're not supposed to know what it is that's why we cut away um, so I think that it's possible that her her parents were just you know, basically a male and female version of Han, but with probably, like, not as cool, that did live, or at least based on Jakku, and did end up selling her. Um, so, but Han would have been, at least had to have been around Jakku at some point, because that's how the, the Falcon ends up there, and he knows not only about Jakku, but, you know, who owned the Falcon at the time, which I can't ever remember the dude's name. Um... And then maybe he was like, oh, I'd seen this little girl rolling around, you know, like doing stuff. And it kind of reminded me of 
you know, maybe some like Lukeish things, like not that she was lifting things with her mind and stuff like that, but was kind of smart, kind of had a knack for, you know, engineering and driving stuff and kind of getting into fights and whatever. And was like, oh, that little girl on Jakku with, you know, my drinking buddies seemed like she might be something, but oh well, I got to go do some smuggling and shit. And then bumps back into her, you know, as the force decrees, however many years later, and is like, oh shit, I was right. Maybe something like that. Who knows? And then I also told Anthony that they hint at this idea that the two of the main characters from the single player campaign from Battlefront 2 might be her parents. They hint at that in the game. Uh, But thinking that that might be something that they would do, that Disney would be like, hey, we're going to reveal one of the biggest mysteries of our movie franchise in a video game (laughs) seems less likely, but... I know. I think they. I, know. I think they confirmed that that wasn't true. That would be great if it wasn't, because it would. I would be one hundred percent fine with Ray just being a person who ends up being yeah. very strong with the Force. Because isn't that what everyone was before we got involved with the Skywalkers? Like, how many billions of Jedi's and Sith have there been throughout time that were just some random person at one time or another? But what about the Metaclorians, guys? Listen, yeah, dude. Um, <clears throat> I'm like, I'm kind of happy that they didn't bring that up, but it does yeah. beg the question: Are those like still a thing? <laughs> well, I, I would think, think that it would. Forgets. <laughs> well, so who who do we know, we know that actually knows about midi chlorians anymore? Right? It's only mm, true. It's basically a Jedi thing. Well, all, Jedi, all the Jedi are dead. The, I'm sure they're in the books. Well, but Luke didn't read the books, or did he? Yeah, but Ray took them, them, didn't she? Oh yeah, that's right, she took them. It's possible, but yeah, but it's not something that like I don't. No one ever talked to Luke about midi chlorians, so he wouldn't know about them unless he found out information about them, right? So True. yeah, but now that but Ray it does it does kind of make books, sense, I mean... you know? Like I I've always been I thought that it was kind of stupid to quantify midi chlorians, yeah, for like being whether someone is more powerful or not with the force, but as a scientific measure. It makes sense because you think about a lot of things that people were just like, oh, that's God inside me. That's making me whatever, whatever. But then it turns out that you have, you know, like a better metabolism or something like that. And you can actually quantify that. So you'd be like, oh, yeah, this guy is super strong with the force. So he has a lot of this stuff in his body, which is also why, you know, Vader was primed to be this amazing force user. And let's say that, you know, Midichlorians is like a white blood cell count, and then he gets three quarter of his body chopped off, so he's suddenly a little bit less powerful because he's got mm. less midichlorians. Uh, <laughs> so, like maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's midichlorians. Okay, yes, basically. <laughs> maybe it's Maybelline. Yeah. yeah, but it's the type of thing too. I think where it's just like, yeah, you can have a giant ass midichlorian count, but if you don't know anything about it, then it doesn't matter. You know, if you're not trained. Who cares? It's like yeah, but you know, I feel like Ray mostly trains herself in the movie. Yeah, well, and I think that that's kind of comes on the back of her having heard stories about Jedi's and what they could do and everything. She's like, yeah, well, I'm gonna try it. Why not? And then it works, and she's like, oh shit, this is great. Yeah, like, First that time was one tried. of the things I think a lot of a lot of the fan base is like, oh, how does she know about those tricks? I'm like, oh, I don't fucking know. Maybe she heard the stories, like she said she did. Yep. 
And also, so, how did they do it for the first time ever? They didn't, they didn't get taught. No one was no. like, hey, uh, I don't know if this is a thing, but I'm going to teach you that if you kind of wave your hands and say something and mean it really, if you really, really mean it in your heart of hearts, then people will say it back to you and believe it. You know, so it's kind of like even that Ray had to do it, what, three times before the dude let her go and all that. Yeah. So well, now she did force pull the lightsaber on the first go. But I mean, that scene was awesome. So it's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I guess, yeah, for sake of, of brevity of the movie, I don't mind. But help me help me out here because I'm really bad with the original trilogies and like what happens with each specific movie. It's just like one mm-hmm. big movie to me. Now, at the end of A New Hope, Luke goes to Dagobah, right? No. Okay. No. <laughs> well, there you go. So that's so it's the beginning Empire, of Empire. He, Empire, yeah. he, you got to remember, Empire starts out like a horror movie. So uh, he gets attacked by the the Wampa and then gets dragged into the cave. Oh. And so they have to, like, go out in the dead of uh, Hoth Winter to find him. He wakes up unconscious is hanging upside down in the wampus cave and his lightsaber is on the ground and he has to you know try a couple times to get to actually pull it out of the snow and light it up so that he can get free uh stumbles out sees force ghost obi-wan for the first time he tells him to go to dagobah they have the whole uh, empire attacking the hoth system scenes uh-huh. and then after they finish that part up then he goes to dagobah Okay. Well, okay. Well, that kind of changes what I was going to say here. But <laughs> regardless, <laughs> I do feel like they could have spent more time on Ray and Luke training and then mm-hmm. would have appeased the, the, you know, the angry fanboys and also just made more sense in the movie and taken away a lot sure. of the casino scene. Just kind of cut that out. I, I would have been, yeah, I would have been cool with more. Yeah. Um, is it, is it Oct 2? H2? I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's like A-C-H-T-O is the name of the planet, I think. Oh, Octo. Octo, okay. Like like octopus, but... More Octo, less Canto Bite. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I would have been cool with that. Um, But yeah, so we have force powers, new force powers. We have uh, the mind meld that goes on, which I guess is... The idea of there being two connected minds isn't anything new, but the level that it happens and the fact that someone else facilitates it happening is new. So that would be Snoke deciding that he wants to attach Kylo and Ray's minds together uh, so they can have uh, sexy interludes, um, you know, with uh, with their thoughts and everything, touch each other's hands, and then yeah, the hand beef. is wet, and then there's and there's shirts off and. Yeah, everyone were like, it was like, <laughs> like Sense Eight. Yes, yeah, it was. It was very, uh, very, uh, definitely pushing that PG thirteen right up to the level. It's like, ooh, there's there's some stuff happening in Star Wars that's not brothers, kids, and sisters. This is great. Yeah. Um, so you got that. You have a uh, Force projection, which was super cool. Um, I guess it's kind of like the next level of being a force ghost to being like a, a force avatar where you literally show up and have enough manifestation to physically touch people and stuff. Cause I mean, I was thinking about the scene, like the scene, right? The, the Kylo, 
attacking Luke with every single weapon with an entire arsenal, and then he just kind of dra- literally brushes his shoulder off. Yes, it's fantastic. Um, at least it's not a beam fight, though. Thank goodness. Um, and But before that, when he's talking to Leia, like he kisses her on the head, and they hold hands and stuff. So it's like, dude, his force projection is like corporeal. It's great. It's amazing. But also kills him because he uses up all his power and he's like, eh, okay, I'll die now. Um, he even forced a real Yoda on us. Too. That's true, yeah. Um, which is definitely, they're de- those dice are 100% going to show up in the Han Solo movie. I just want to put that out there. There's oh, no yeah. way that they focused on it so much that we're not going to, they're going to be like Woody Harrelson's dice or something like that. It's going to be, <laughs> going to be ridiculous. But it'll also be gonna... uh, next year's number one Christmas ornament, I think. So look forward to that, too. Yeah. And um, they're going to make fuzzy versions of those for the bedroom. <laughs> Just, woo. You know. What is it? Uh, kiss eyes. I think that was a Simpsons joke um, where Homer and Marge were using the sexy dice. But it kept rolling <laughs> like like caress foot or oh, kiss yeah. eyes, I think. Uh, too good. Um so yeah, you got Classic. that, and then you have the return of Force Ghost Yoda, which was a big... Not... Uh... Okay, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Mm. Well, yeah. I, all right, so I have, I have a couple questions to kind of parse it out then. Yeah, let's, let's okay. do that. One, were you happy that it was puppet Yoda and not CG Yoda? I was ecstatic. Okay. So yeah. there's one thing. Uh, two, did you like that he was able to summon his version of Force Lightning to blow up that tree? Sort of. <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> okay. I, I have to script Doctor for that one because Uh-oh. I... Okay. Do the voice. Because it's, it's tricky. Yeah, hey, you gotta go to hey, hey, hey. Hey, oh, hey, hey. Rhode <laughs> Island accent coming out for you. <laughs> no, Wars. but like... The fire, the freaking Star Wars. Okay, no. Um, like, I get it. They had to make him actually appear because, you know, that's what everyone else in the movie was doing. But I, I kind of would have rather, rather, ugh, rather had it so that, like, Luke can just hear him. Mm-hmm. And, like, so that Yoda, instead of just being there, like, and then shooting lightning... Like, if the lightning just struck, so that it was kind of like, Yoda's, like, omnipresent. He's everywhere and nowhere. Like, mm-hmm. he's with the Force, instead of, like, having a physical avatar of him just showing up, like a burning mm-hmm. bush or something. Um, and, like, or, like, I would have liked it if, you know, Luke was about to set fire to the temple, but he didn't. And then, like, lightning struck it, and then, like... You heard Yoda's voice, like, talking to him. Doing that awesome Yoda laugh? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the fuck it is. Like, I can't do it. I've tried. That was good. Um, that was good. But I I don't know. Like, I thought it could have been done to make Yoda more mysterious and all that. But it was nice to see Papa Yoda again. So mm-hmm. I liked it, like, overall. I liked it. Um, because almost it was almost like it was for the people that were gonna get ready to defend uh grumpy master luke it's like this is literally what we're talking about people 
This is this he is like Yoda 2.0. This is this is the same kind of thing where he's like, you know, messing with Ray by tickling her with the the leaf and stuff. Yeah. When she's yeah, like I when she's that. stupid enough to stick her hand out to to reach out, you know. Um which I thought was one of the better jokes in in the whole thing. I thought that was really kind of sweet. Almost seemed like a ad lib between the two of them the way that it came across. Um and you know, just kind of like the you know, and again this is me kind of trying to trumpet my own beliefs about this movie obviously, but him focusing on the failure aspect. He's like, "Listen, dude, I failed. We all failed. The, the entire Jedi failed the Republic. You know, we burnt that shit down and even me with you I failed with you in my eyes but you ended up doing right so you know you gotta pass on the failure so that you have somewhere to grow from as opposed to just being like repeating the errors over and over and over again and I also liked where he's like dude they're just fucking words the books don't matter you know the well, the only thing that matters is the force and how you how you you know perceive it. There's the rules and all that stuff. All that stuff was what's led us to the point where we're still going through this exact same thing again. It's just the same shit happening over and over again. So don't worry about it. You know it's kind of like it's like a Yoda turned out went from being like your overprotective, really like strict dad to being like your cool uncle. Where it's just like ah, it's it's gonna be alright. You be cool. You can crash with me. It's all right if your dad's mad. You just come stay at my place for a while. That's that's the but kind like of Yoda that, that we have now. Yeah, but like that's also kind of part of Yoda growing as a character, even at nine hundred something years old. Like, you know, I don't know if that makes sense, but he was never like that, even in the prequels. Like, oh yeah, you know, he was like fun in uh, Empire, but I mean. You know, like, you would have never heard him say, like, even in, like, episode three, like, oh, yeah, just burn it, whatever. Yep. Right. Exactly. Oh. Ethan, what do you think? About Yoda? I think he's pretty cute. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't even realize it was a... I didn't realize it was practical. I just assumed it was CG. I didn't didn't mind him showing up, but I liked it. It, it was I, I just it made me it reminded me of Empire so much and I was just really happy about it just the whole even him hitting Luke with his cane was great <laughs> I was just uh, and they did that like fade out you know before they transitioned to the next scene where it's like shot from the back and it's him and Yoda they're just kind of like hanging out on a log in front of the tree burning it was it was great I need a poster of that in my room for sure yeah <laughs> that was a good point though that Luke is now more like Yoda than Obi-Wan. Because I guess I was yeah. coming into it expecting him to be more like Obi-Wan, just like a, mm-hmm. like I said, a stoic old dude, but he was kind of sillier. Yeah. Kind of lose, losing his mind a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So that makes sense. It's got that, um, when you've only got the uh, the porgs and <laughs> the the bell cows and those weird little nun ladies not, to hang I out with. Like your. Yeah, that was that was kind of silly, but I did like their uh, their uh, immense hatred for Ray. I thought that was pretty funny because like everyone in the world loves Ray except for the nun ladies. Mm-hmm. They're like fucking this girl. She's been here for three hours and she's already blown everything to shit. What the hell is going on? And I didn't mind the um, porgs. I came in. Porgs were adorable. The porgs. 
they were barely in the movie yeah, and people were... were losing their shit and even the weird comparison of them to Ewoks when Ewoks were awesome too. It's like get <laughs> over it. <laughs> wait, wait. Ewoks people are great. Compared, people compare the porks to the Ewoks? Well, they just thought it was going to be like a cutesy teddy bear shit that's added into movie just to sell stuff and make kids and I guess women, which is kind of a weird misogynistic thing <sighs> to put weird. on porks, uh, more excited about the movie. I mean, that's like, hey, that was definitely the purpose of the porks, but I'm fine with it. <laughs> not yeah, not the like women they... so much as the kids, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, they were they didn't do, take away anything from the movie. I don't know why people would hate them and they were adorable, And they were also so. what? Like they were they were barely in the movie more than Captain Phasma. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And... But I did in the the weird uh chewy uh rotisserie porg scene. That <laughs> yeah, was they gave uh, us that, which was great. That was that was awesome. He's just like, "Man, I was I'm so hungry." But now I can't eat these things. I already murdered one, but I'm not going to eat it because they're all over the place. Super yeah, funny. but now now it gives him an incentive or a reason not to eat anymore. This is this is the movie where Chewbacca becomes a vegetarian. <laughs> yes, he's gonna be vegan in the next movie. So great, complete complete switch. So, do you guys and wrapping up because we could probably talk about this for forever, but. Got to yeah. be able to actually upload this to the site <laughs> so it can't be super long. Um, do you guys have a favorite scene in the movie? Yes. Yes. Hit me with your best shot. Probably going to be the same one. Okay. You go first. Probably. Um, okay, well, Frankie and I already sexted about it, but yep. the quiet scene Yeah. when Haldo killed herself. So good. Like that was incredible. Kamikaze. Yeah, like uh, my mouth, like my mouth, like dropped in the theater. I was like, "Holy shit, this is like, it was so good." Yeah, I, I was just so excited. Yeah, that was probably the single coolest shot I can think of in like the entire franchise. So yeah, if yeah nothing else. Like, yeah, the movie's definitely worth it for that. Well, and like because that's definitely up there for me as well. Um, I it's it's good to see because I mean it's easy to to build spectacle into a Star Wars movie that's not incredibly difficult like even the prequels you know they're short on you know memorable content but definitely it's still a spectacle so you can still have all these moments where they're big and there's a lot of things happening and things that are memorable and characters that you you know care about for better or for worse doing things that you remember, stuff like that, sure, fine. But it's good to see that legitimate film-defining moments can still happen in a universe that we feel like we know pretty well. Um, And that comes down to, you know, like the director and the people that are actually making the movie, which is really exciting that these types of moments can still happen. Because, like, you know, it's, it's easy to go back and think about, you know, like, no, I am your father being this, you know, monumental scene in filmmaking history and everything, something that's been aped and requoted and redone for forever. Um, everyone is always everyone's father and everything, all sorts of stuff like that. But for something that is purely a visual aesthetic spot in a movie that is as memorable as it is just for literally how things look and the absence of sound is is pretty incredible and for it to be done in the star wars universe is 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 pretty awesome i was super stoked by that 
I think not having any sound is what made it mm-hmm. so good. Like, I think if, if there was, just, like, a standard explosion, like, it would have been cool, but not yeah. at the level that... Because, like, you could hear a pin drop, like, in my theater, anyway. People were wild. Oh, yeah, I heard a bunch of gasps. Like, in in yeah. shock, yeah. It was, it, was, it was great. It was super, super cool. And it was also, like, the one, the only time that the uh, the way that sound works in space ever... <laughs> yes. <laughs> ever ever yeah. was actually done correctly in Star Wars. So that was, that was, that was great. Uh, second runner-up for me on that is the whole throne room scene from uh, Snoke trying to talk about um, what Kylo was going to do to Rey, which ended up being done to him, all the way through to the point where the lightsaber explodes. Yes. That Love was that, that <laughs> was The, the whole badass. final third, and, to be honest, yeah. with the, the salt planet, that red. Crate, yeah. It was super cool. Oh, yeah. Um, I think like like the visuals in this were probably some of the best they've had and oh yeah at least since like maybe revenge of the sith yeah for sure yeah i would the say so. uh the aesthetic of the the salt coming up and there being the red underneath uh-huh. was yeah, like... was was super super cool and I, even though it was kind of like just stuck in there just to kind of have another thing uh the silly little ice foxes were were adorable <laughs> so I, I was cool with that too oh the pokemon yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i'm glad they actually did something though like they actually yes. served a purpose as opposed to just being there yeah 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 I, I was cool with that um but yeah i that, that whole scene um was but yeah basically the the final third so we will end this beautiful podcast by by me asking you to are you okay with the way that luke went out Yes. Ethan, you can go. <laughs> oh, okay, Preg- then. Pregnant pause. I, I thought the tension uh, was building. I was like, oh, thoughts. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. It was probably the best way they're going to do it. Yeah, it was either that or I thought he was going to go out like uh, Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino. <laughs> <laughs> Just to, like, buy them time you mean, to escape. Incredibly yeah. racist. But, yeah. <laughs> but Talking I think, to a chair. Think, yeah. <laughs> But, oh god! I, I think that was kind of like the perfect send off, even though he's gonna come back in ghost form. But that's fine. I was I was thinking it was yeah. gonna be the uh, again the Obi Wan sacrifice himself. In the Strike me now. Well, yeah. and I thought that that was like you know they reformed that that sentiment in a nice way, where it's like you know if you kill me out of anger, I'm just it wasn't even like I'll be more powerful. It's like I'm gonna be with you. For forever, so you already yeah. have to deal with this with your dad, who essentially allowed himself to be killed by you, and then I'm gonna do the same thing. So if you do that, you're just double fucked. And it was great because it, it almost is even worse for Kylo Ren now because like he didn't even get the satisfaction of killing him, but True. he still tried to, you know. So it was kind of like um, it was almost failure. a role reversal yeah. of what happened with the two of them earlier on. Oh yeah, in the so it's interesting. And then when he when he hits him with the see around kid, oh man. <laughs> like that that shit was so then good. Like, when he when he brushes shoulders off after getting fucking lit up so by cool. the uh, I was like, Oh I, all right, it's on. <laughs> I I could have done without the brush your shoulders off, but yeah, the rest <laughs> of it was cool. I, I thought it was a nice touch. I feel like that was definitely like an improv thing too. Probably. Like that was just Mark Hamill being Mark so, Hamill. 
When yeah. did you guys know that it was not – he wasn't actually there? Uh, not um, until the end. <laughs> when the movie I wasn't – I think part of me, like, thought, like, oh, he's probably not actually there. But the other part of me was like, oh, maybe he lifted up the X-Wing that they showed on Octo earlier. Right. Yeah. So I was like – and I thought Ray was going to lift that up, and I thought it was neat that she didn't. Mm-hmm. Because all the fanboys would have been like, "Well, this is just like episode five. Yeah. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But yeah. So as soon as he ignited the blue lightsaber, I was like, "Oh, it's not him." Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, "He's green." But yeah, right. And if if they had done that, I would have been just like you, Ethan. I would have been like, "Huh," and then he would have done the <laughs> um, putting his hand through the, you know, the hologram, and that's when I knew. But like. When it was the blue, I was like, oh, what yeah, does this mean? Think... This is this is super crazy. Because, like, he wouldn't have – why would he have built another lightsaber just because? And I was like, oh, I have my green one. Uh, the blue one obviously blew up a couple of minutes before this. Uh, but I'm going to yeah, build but... another blue one just to fight. Um, I, but I was like, think oh. he, but... I think he did it blue because he knew that was, like, Kylo wanted that because it was Anakin's. So like it was kind of like another it was like another fuck you to him like yeah that's true that's 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 actually a really good point yeah. he'd be like oh I can kill Luke and get the um, the Skywalker blade which yeah, is um it's it interesting you know I, I I don't know if you guys know this um but it is now canonically proven that you can there are no red crystals there are no red kyber crystals that oh whoa, whoa. when did that happen. It was in a book. It was in a comic book, uh, oh, which are now okay. all officially canon because they're kind of overseen by the Brain Trust. And yeah. it was after it was like it's a Vader comic, and he took someone else's lightsaber, and by basically by being a Sith badass and you know just kind of fully diving into the dark side, you can change the color of a crystal to red through just being pure evil, essentially. So. That's where that's why they all have red lightsabers, not because they just like them, but because they're horrible, oh. terrible human beings. So is that why Kylo's red lightsaber is like all unstable? Yes. Okay, that that's uh, a really cool thing. Yeah. That I did not know. That's and fun. there's um, you know, not to be not to just completely one hundred percent cement my Uber dorkness. Uh, but there are a lot of really cool stories going. <laughs> it's too late. Uh, a lot of really cool stories going on in the um, the comic books and stuff. There, uh, there's some really really awesome storytellers and some really good artists doing some cool stuff with the with the material. Yeah, I think uh, Karen Gillan is doing one, and mm-hmm. he's uh, one of my favorite comic writers. So that's good. Yep. So the um, I think he actually right. did the Darth Vader one. Yeah. Uh, any any parting shots? Anything that we didn't get to cover in the hour and forty five minutes we've been doing this? Uh, there's a lot we could cover, but I can't yeah. think of anything right now. We didn't we didn't uh, praise uh, BB hate. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Uh, the the, the people part. hate BB eight now. No, no, the, uh, the black BB eight. Oh, BB yeah, they, oh, they, okay. Yeah, that's what they nicknamed him on on set. I just thought it was funny that he was the one that brought them all down. Um, <laughs> what, what, but, you know, it actually kind of makes sense because, you know, BB-8 saved everyone all the time. Yeah. He's like, uh, 
he's like even more of a uh, Deus Ex Machina than than R two is. <laughs> um, so it seemed only fair that the first order version of him would be the one that would fuck up Finn's plans. Yeah, but I will say BB eight powering that uh, ATSD was pretty dope. <laughs> Yes, and when he when he smashed his head into uh, the circuitry for um, for Poe's X wing, so they could actually fire and shit. That was that was a, that was one of the more uh, I could silly. see people thinking that these jokes were stupid, but I loved it. Oh, where he yeah. was like trying to plug all the things and it wasn't working, so he's just like, I'm just gonna throw my whole fucking head in here. Yeah, good old BB-8. BB-8, my hero. But yeah, any anything else? I I mean yeah, like Anthony was saying, there's oh a million things that we could cover, but you know, that's everything. Gotta pay the bills. <laughs> we got bills. Uh I, yeah, I, I haven't talked. I'm still working on the KFC sponsorship. It's not, it's not uh, it's uh, not really third. working so far. The fuck? Yeah, get us that. I've or, been uh, eating so much KFC. <laughs> <laughs> that or uh, your lawyer buddies, Morgan and Morgan. Oh yeah, Morgan and Morgan. Or a Culpepper Curlin. That's a callback to the... Uh, that's a good way to, to segue out. That's a callback to a, a podcast that I did you're, you're, last, you're... W- last week. Sure. Last week, Ethan? Yeah, last week. I was on. I was a guest on the Asterixar, and that was uh, between these two, we have finally uh, ended our beef. Our tr- we have formed a, a, a resistance of our own against the Hard Men to Please podcast, which is now the ultimate evil in the galaxy um we turned our beef but yeah to that one chicken. came out <laughs> we talked about coco uh and ethan where can people find the asterix our podcast oh well, it's on the hardman to please website or on itunes asterix is the name of the podcast also the name of the twitter handle so find it there it was a good one yeah yeah. I would totally listen to it, but I haven't seen Coco yet. Well, oh, should. It's, I, it's been uh, uh, one reputable podcast uh, described it as the best Mexican Pixar movie. So, you know, you <laughs> oh, can't okay. really get a better ringing endorsement than that. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to go uh, probably sometime this week. Cool. Because, um, yeah, I... Uh, I have time now, which is because I just kind of <laughs> lost my job. So I have plenty of time to go and catch up on everything. Hey, look at and, the bright side. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you're uh, you're going to be, you make art and stuff that people can buy, right? That's true. So if And you where can they find me, that, sir? If you want to help me uh, <clears throat> buy KFC, because um, <laughs> they're not, <laughs> we're no longer <laughs> sponsored by them, uh... You can find me on adepalma.com, and you can commission a drawing or a sketch or fucking anything uh, I need to eat. <laughs> or on uh, Instagram at dipdrawstuff. I respond very quickly to that. Not sexting. I don't respond yeah. to that. But. And then, right. um, yeah, is actually, I do have one, one last question before oh, we go. Ahead. go. What are you guys watching, reading, or listening to right now? Oh, we're gonna I we're gonna we call this the the De Palma breakdown. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Currently, uh, I am watching. Uh. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you guys and then say my cool answer, but also uh, say my lame answer, so it doesn't seem like I'm being phony. I'm watching that German show Dark. 
uh, on Netflix, uh, which has been pretty cool. Uh, I decided to be a true hipster and listen to it with the German uh, audio track and then the English subtitles. Oh, yeah, uh, subs over dubs every day. Um, but I'm also... Uh, oh, God. I'm also watching Friends, so I just want to put that out there. Uh, That's uh, old, nothing... Nothing to I, be ashamed of. I've never, I've never watched it ever before, so I oh, really? kind of wanted to get like you know, it's kind of like when people go back and watch The Simpsons uh, for references that they see in other things. Well, this is me uh, watching you've, for references that have happened in The Simpsons and other stuff. So you've never watched Friends? No, uh, I was told at a young age by my father, which is where my uh, Latin side comes from, that it is a show for honkies. Uh, so uh, I decided. Well, it is. Yeah, he's a hundred percent. Yes, I I never got around to it, but it's on Netflix, and I got yeah, time to kill when I get home. Yeah, that's such a shameful thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh that, and uh, reading uh, a lot of comic books, and also, um, the Grip of Film, uh, a Richard Ayuade book, uh, by, ooh, what's the guy's name? It's uh, he he's got a pseudonym that he writes under, and it's hilarious. It's basically like film terms but with jokey stuff attached to it. So I would recommend that book, The Grip of Film, Richard Ayuade. Or Ayuade. I can't remember. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Taking in a lot of content there, bro. Yeah. So what you got to do when uh, you're trying to not succumb to uh, severe depression and anxiety at all times. You just got to keep on putting shit into your brain. That's right. Yeah, that or drugs. <laughs> What about you, Why Eve? not both? Break down what's a palmer. <laughs> what do you got? Speaking of uh, breaking your depression, I've been on a kick of watching more wholesome television. Uh, so I've discovered The Good like Place. Like Family Matters? No, no, not that oh, okay. okay. Oh, like Friends. Okay. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, for Friends would count. Uh, I was watching The Mayor, which was which is excellent. Uh, I think that's still going on. But now I just also discovered The Good Place with the adorable Kristen Bell but I can't stop looking oh, at she's so she's so she's so nice yeah oh isn't a uh, Ted nice um Ted, Ted what's his last name D- yes I love him also so mm-hmm. yeah Becker oh yeah <laughs> yeah you'll know him from Becker of all yeah. things you reading anything uh no no never who reads? Only squares. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Anthony? Um, <laughs> you can't break. You, we can't be the only ones to break down. You got to break down with us. Okay, I I'm always breaking down, but um, no, I'm kind of halfway through The Punisher on Netflix. Oh yeah, is, I watched that. Yeah, it's very good. Um, and I'm reading a book on uh, Artemisia Gentileschi, who is a uh, Baroque painter from Florence, which is very. The book is good, but it's very boring to explain, so I won't. <laughs> and and, uh, and always yeah. uh, thumbing through the Communist Manifesto, right? As That's always. That's right. And I, I actually just finished. Um, I've, I've been doing audiobooks a lot oh. because I drive a lot. So I just finished um, God: A Human History by uh, Reza Aslan. Mm-hmm. Very good. He narrates it, and he's got a voice like clear water on a hot day. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> awesome okay yeah, well there's some recommendations it. for y'all yeah I think, uh, you, I think we should add that where to find on. us and everything yeah so that, that's about uh, that's about it for today huh yeah I think so okay I'm cool. good well thanks for being 
geeks with me. This is uh, 10 episodes. I'm just going to burn it all down now. So I thank you all for for this decade's worth of podcast minutes. And we will say goodbye now. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.